Hello, and welcome to New Hope Christian Fellowship with Pastor John Gilbert. alive and it makes us happy you know do you want to do a Sunday school feel free I'm going to share a little message for you this morning should we go to Luke Luke 24 it's one little verse just one little verse and it says here Luke 24 34 24-34 saying this is the two you know the two on the road to Emmaus I love these characters I love this story they left Jerusalem to go back home to Emmaus it was all doom and gloom shall I tell you about Jesus that he died, they buried him in the grave. They were sad. Everyone in Jerusalem, every follower of Jesus must have been broken hearted, just like that family I'm telling you about. Very sad. And, and they were talking about Jesus. 
these two on the road to Emmaus. I won't read all the scriptures. It's like chapter 24 of Luke's Gospel. And what I find interesting about this story is they were talking about him. They were talking about Jesus. And what I find interesting is that it says, and Jesus himself drew near. That's interesting. If you want Jesus to draw near to you, if you're missing out on Jesus, talk about it. Talk about it. Go and talk to Sharon about Jesus and he'll be near you, Mick. Just go and talk to someone about the Lord and he'll draw near to you. And you'll be amazed at the inspiration that he gives you. So I can't read all this chapter because that's another sermon for another day. But there's one verse. When he draws near to them, they say to him, I'll give you a bit of a background. I won't waffle on, right? Let's go to somewhere like... I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. Road to Emmaus. Now behold, two of them were travelling the same day to a village... Oh, sorry, mate. Verse 13. Luke 24. So that you've got an understanding. Now behold, two of them... Verse 13, we're travelling the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Do you understand me? They were talking about him and he drew near. He listens to what you say. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have one with another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and, crucif- and they crucified him. But we were hoping that he, that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today... Is the third day since these things happened? Yes. And certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him, they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all 
in all that the prophets had spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And then they drew near to a village which was where they were going and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they restrained him, or they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in and stayed with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed it and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and they returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with him gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. The Lord has risen indeed. That's my title, really. The most important question to ever ask yourself, I mean, here's a question. Did Jesus die on a cross? Why did Jesus die on a cross? And then we have another question. Is Christ risen? Hey? That's a good question, isn't it? <laughs> Demands our attention, demands our time, demands our effort. Every breath we take, every look we make, is Christ risen. He is risen indeed. Paul says, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you don't have to go there, but I'll read it to you. He says, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 17 he says this, right? And if Christ is not risen, your faith is in vain. It's futile. We're all wasting our time. Huh? Are you wasting your time this morning? Because you've got faith, right? Then he says this, if he did not rise, there is no hope. No hope of heaven. No hope of eternal life. If he did not rise. You don't want to hear that, do you? Because you're hoping you're going to go to heaven. You're putting your trust in him. You're putting your hope in him. We are, of all people, the only people on the earth, apart from other believers, that have got hope in our heart. If people don't believe... They've got no hope. You know, we used to say Bob Hope and no hope. Anybody remember hearing that at some point? Bit of Cockney rhyming slang? Bob Hope and no hope. But we've got hope. Not Bob Hope. Hope in Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful? But now is Christ risen from the dead. That's what Paul says, verse 20. But now, 
Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. That means those that have died in Christ, those that believe in Jesus, they've fallen asleep. It's a nice way of saying that they died in Jesus. They've fallen asleep. Lovely. So we, we don't have to doubt the promises of God. You know, some people, Peter and John, the women, Mary, Magdalene and Mary the mother of Jesus and Salome, yeah, they went to the grave and they didn't find him. And we read the text earlier on. I love that text. They went to the tomb. The they went to do the work of undertakers, didn't they? You know that, embalm the body with the spices. And they said to each other, who's going to roll away the stone? They didn't know it had been sealed by the Romans and the, the, sand, the, the, the chief priests. They put rope over it, they sealed it, they did everything to make sure no one was going to get out. You remember that, don't you? And they said, who's going to roll away the stone? Well, God, our God, has a way of removing obstacles in our path. He sent an angel down from heaven, there was an earthquake. Yeah? The angel turned up, there was an earthquake. That's what happens when angels turn up. He rolled away the stone. And what I love about the story, he sat on it. As if to say, death, you ain't a problem to me. <laughs> I love it. He wanted them to see inside. But they doubted. They didn't find the body. They doubted. They thought someone nicked Jesus. Hey? Have you ever seen anybody running around with a dead body under their arm? Hey? Well, they used to do it in the old days, didn't they? For uh, some doctors wanted to analyse a body, they used to pay a few grave diggers or body snatchers and say, "Can you dig up that Paul Rumney? Yeah, we want his art. We want to analyse it." I'm sorry, Paul, you're here, mate. <laughs> but but these things did happen. But obviously, the mind plays tricks on you, and, and I'm sure that those women or someone was thinking various thoughts. But Jesus appeared here, appeared there. Some thought he was the gardener. You know, some the mind plays tricks with you. He is alive. He is risen. Indeed, let's consider the word that speaks of the Lord. Only a few people used to call him Lord. Very few. The lady, the Siren Phoenician lady. She wasn't of the tribe of Israel. She wasn't one of the chosen. She was a she was like a, an outsider. But she called Jesus Lord. The, the thief on the cross who said, Lord, called Jesus Lord on the cross. He was a murderer or a, a robber. He'd done some bad crime to be condemned to death on the cross. He called Jesus Lord. He got revelation. To call Jesus Lord, you have to have revelation. But the angel himself, when we read from Matthew, 
28, verses 1 to 8, something like that. Even the angel called Jesus Lord. Let's go there. Matthew 28, quickly. Let's um, just show you. For an angel who lives in heaven, who stands before God, an angel does not call anybody Lord without the right reason. And this angel, he says, And the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, verse 5, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come and see the place where the Lord lay. The angels called him Lord. It's the angels that bow in worship before Jesus because he is their Lord and we want him to be our Lord. So since he is risen, the believers that believe, they call him Lord because that's his title and he deserves that. So we, like these two on the road to Emmaus, yeah, remember their impressions of him. I don't know if you picked up on it when I read from Luke's Gospel. They thought he was a great man. Do you remember? They, they said, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, he's a great man. They even said, some say he's a prophet. They didn't know him as Lord. And they even thought that, they said that they thought he would deliver them from the Roman power, the Roman emperor and, and the might of Rome. The fact is, they grossly underestimated Jesus. They didn't know exactly who he was. He told his enemies, I am, that I am. Remember, before Abraham was, he said, I am. And they took up stones to stone him. His enemies knew a little bit more than their followers. But the, have to say this, the resurrection sets the Lord Jesus Christ apart from all others who think that they're high and mighty, who think they're worthy of someone following them. Hare Krishna. I was a week or so ago in the town with Dominic and, and uh, uh, Liam and there were some Hare Krishna, I think it was last Saturday or the Saturday before, before Dominic went away and there they were, dressed in their funny clothes and putting war paint on their heads and having a It's a very unusual way to put yourself across but they follow this person called Hare Krishna. I'm sure you've heard of Hare Krishna. Not Harry Redknapp, Harry Krishna. I've been to the place where Harry Krishna was born. It's a terrible place. Now, I went to the city, I went to the Taj Mahal on my way in, in India. I went to the Taj Mahal on a coach trip. And, and on the way back to Delhi, they took me to the place where Harry Krishna was born. It was a terrible place. It, the entrance to the town was so much rubbish, you know... If you go to the council tip, it's quite organised there. They've got a place for wood, 
they've got a place for metal, they've got a place for cardboard. Have you ever been down there? Where Hare Krishna was born is a rubbish tip. And most of these Hare Krishna's followers have never been there. If they've been there, they'd say, oh, dearie me, look at the state of this place. He doesn't deserve to be called a lord. And there are other people like Muhammad. Well, if you go looking for Muhammad's bones, guess what? You're going to find them. Because they're still in the grave. If you've got all these other followers, Obi-Wan Kenobi and all these other people, their, their bones are still in the grave. But not Jesus. Not Jesus. It's an empty tomb. His bones are not there. His body is not there. I had a little look on this WhatsApp group we've got with Dominic. And his dad has put some photographs of the garden tomb. If you go to Jerusalem, yeah, if you go there to the bus station, just next to the bus station is the garden. That's where they believe the body was made, in, in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And guess what? It's empty. I guarantee, could somebody give Astrid a chair over there, please? That's all right. Look, two models, two models just walked in. Modelling mum and modelling baby. <laughs> Come on. Happy days. Ashton, something to tell you. He is risen. He's risen indeed. Praise the Lord. Ah. So sweet. Hello. Come on. Let's carry on. Come on. We know she's beautiful. Mummy and baby. So, people, Jesus is set apart from any other who thinks that they're worthy of notice. You know, Mahatma Gandhi, you, you, you know, whoever these people are, Jesus is above all. He is Lord. And every knee shall bow at the name of Jesus Christ. Because he's risen in, not only risen, I use that word, he is risen indeed. Yes? So much of the past. When you come to today, the day of the resurrection, so much of what had happened before this day spoke of death. Death and destruction. And what do I mean by that? Well, Jesus was betrayed by Judas into the hand of sinners. And he said he would be betrayed. He said that he would be beaten. And the disciples, I mean, that's why he said to the two on the road to Emmaus, he said, oh fools, fools, slow of heart to understand all that the prophets have said. Or the Christ of to of suffered. He is a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He had to suffer. It pleased the Father to bruise him. He had to suffer for our sins. It's amazing. He was betrayed. Judas handed him over. He said he kissed him, didn't he? said, the one that I kiss, that's 
nothing. They played him with a kiss. And Jesus, they arrested him and they beat him. They bound him up. Oh, they wouldn't beat him without him being bound, would they? They had to tie his hands up first, scared that he might do them one. Well, he wasn't going to do that anyway. He turned the other cheek. Oh, Lord Jesus. He went to the cross after that trial, that, that injustice. That, it was a crime. All of them should have gone and been tried because of the abuse of their legal system. Went to the cross. I, I I produced this the other day, and I I look at the pictures, and time stands still. I look at these Romans, these soldiers. They're built like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and they got big clubs in their hands, and they got nails an inch thick. Banging them through Jesus' hands and his feet. It, words do not describe what Jesus went through for us. Takes our breath away. But he did it. He didn't resist. He was thinking of Jan. He was thinking of Nick. He was thinking of all of us. I'm going to set them free. I'm not going to get up and walk away from doing the Father's will. He took it. He took it on the chin. He set his face like a flint for the joy that was set before him, knowing that we will be set free. Praise God. I said earlier, who the sun sets free. Joseph of Arimathea, a very well-spoken man, a very uh, a man of integrity, a noble man, a rich man, one of the Sanhedrin, and his friend Nicodemus. They believed in Jesus. They believed in Jesus secretly. They didn't believe in him publicly. A bit like Ann yesterday said to me, oh, 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 we are sitting here singing these songs to Jesus. Yeah? I was just thinking of my family coming round the corner. <laughs> yeah? You see, sometimes we do things secretly. We don't want our family and our friends worshipping Jesus in the community centre on a Sunday morning. Yeah? We do it secretly. But yesterday, we went public. Now it's on Facebook. Oh? That's definitely public. <laughs> but, but the same with them. They were secret disciples. But when they saw the crucifixion, it moved them. It moved them. They, they couldn't be silent anymore. They couldn't hold back. The disciples had run away, except for John. Peter was following from afar off. The women were there at the cross. With John. When Joseph of Arimathea saw the Lord and they, they heard the words, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. When Joseph, Nicodemus, they heard that, how can we be secret disciples? And when it was over, they went to see Pilate. 
They didn't care what Pilate would say to them. They didn't want to hide their faith. They didn't want to hide their belief in Jesus. They said, can we have the body of the Lord Jesus? Because we want to show some respect in this terrible hour of what's gone on. Pilate let them have the body. And they held their heads high. They went to the cross. And I, I could show you pictures of some great artists that have tried to take the body of Jesus. How do you take 10 inch nails out of somebody's hand on the cross? They took his body there. They put it in a, like a sheet or something and they took it morning, morning, tears running down their face to the grave. There were doubts in the minds of the believers on Easter morning. They thought the, they thought the party was over. They thought the mission was over. And when the two on the road to Emmaus, when they said, they said to Peter, James and John, I'm paraphrasing because it's not written in the scriptures, they said, well, show's over. The kingdom was supposed to come. It didn't happen. We thought the Roman Empire would be blown away. We might as well go home then. See you later. If there's something happening interesting next week, let us know. We'll come back. How wrong were they? Hey? How wrong were they? And do you know what? If we were there, we would have been the same. We wouldn't have had any faith, any hope. We would have been doubting. It took Jesus to reveal himself to them as they talked about him on the way. The women, on that morning, they, they took spices to the tomb. They walked there. In the early hours, to embalm the body. They were going to do the work of the undertakers, as I said, and, and someone has said they turned redemption into a ritual. You know, we get very religious in some of our behaviour. God shook them up when they did not find a stone. Because the resurrection changes everything. It changes everything. Why is a guy like me, who used to be a tattooist, a biker, a hairy biker, right? I didn't cook good dinners, but I was a hairy biker, tattooing people, yeah? What makes a bloke like me stop tattooing? I haven't got much hair on my head anymore, right? But what takes a guy like me to pack up what I used to do, repent and follow Jesus? Because he's risen. Because I know it's true. I'm so happy. So pleased. You know what? And the uniqueness of it all is that it's brought new life to me. I was telling someone on the street yesterday, I used to be a tow rag. A, I could say other things like scumbag or whatever. I used to be horrible to certain people. Just pleasing myself, trying to get self-satisfaction. But until I met Jesus and, and discovered these things are true, God has put new life into my body, into my being. And he has said, Jesus said, I come so that you can have life and have it in more abundance. 
And I've got it. I can get, I can be happy with two older ladies singing in the street and Janet. I can sing with them. Amazing grace. That makes me happy. I've got so much to be thankful for. I've got life and I've got it in more abundance. Jesus has put a new song into my heart. Praise his name. It says here, words that he spoke speak of love. It says there in that, that passage that he, they, they said, the Lord has risen indeed and, and, he's appeared to Simon. That's what they said. He appeared to Simon. Why did they say that? You think about it. Mr. Big Mouth, Simon Peter, have said, Lord, I'll tell you something. If everybody else denies you, I won't be, be denying you. Well, if you heard someone say that, yeah, you'd be saying, oh, yeah, yeah. We'll hold you to that word. Huh? And then what happened? You know the story. We all know the story. He denied the Lord three times and the cock crew. Alright, we know that. And they said, and not only has he risen indeed, but he's appeared unto Simon. It's as if to say, that is amazing. The one who let him down, the one who said, I won't let you down, Lord, he even appeared for him. The coward. The one who was on the run. The one who was swearing that he didn't even know Jesus. The lady said, you're a Galilean. Your voice did you away. He said, what do you think you're talking about? Swearing and swearing and swearing. And if you was a religious person, you'd say, oh, how dare you speak like that? Eh? You would, wouldn't you? Yes, you would. But he did. He, the worst things came out of his mouth. He didn't want to be associated with Jesus because he didn't want to be arrested and he didn't want to be crucified either. It's true. And when he came to himself, what did he do? He wept. Wept bitterly. And do you know what? If any one of us would behave in the same way as he, we ought to weep bitterly too. We ought to be ashamed of ourselves. If Jesus Christ is prepared to take it the way that he did, to die on that cross, to think of us. You know, the song Jethro sung with us the other day. You know, like a rose. How's it go, Jethro? Trampled on the ground. You took the... And thought of me. That's it. Every one of us was on his mind. Every one of us. How can we let him down? Peter got to that point where he thought, oh, I've let him down. I've blown it. But Jesus, after rising, went to Peter. Showed him. Peter must have thought, I'm not worthy, Lord. I'm not worthy. But it did something in him. And it made him the man that he became on Pentecost, Peter the preacher, seeing thousands saved. And, and he stood up, didn't he, and he rebuked the people. I mean, if you're worried about outrage and scared, 
that fear went out the window with Peter, he rebuked them. You, you, you crucified him. He told them. And these were the people, if you analyse the words, you know, I said this on Friday, I think, you know, the, the chief priest dished out fake news about Jesus. And those people, when they shouted out, crucify him, do you remember? Crucify him, crucify him. They were doing what the chief priest set them up, didn't they? You read that, I'm sure. And I, I'm paraphrasing a bit. Only a little, because I haven't got time to read all the scriptures. But it says then people, they were in front of the cross. They were in front of the cross. People, people want to see, like, a bit of blood. They want to see a bit of gore. They love why they go to the movies. Isn't it, Jeffro? Yeah, you see, Jeffro will tell you. Listen, in the old days, Ramel lives up Gully Hill, doesn't he? That's where you live, like Gully Hill. You know why it's called Gully Hill? Because that's where the gallows was in Hemel Hempstead. And if you was ever going to be home, you went up Gully Hill.
loves you, that he was willing to die for you. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whoever would believe in him shall not what? But have what? Come on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We have to say, to end the matter, that the resurrection guarantees eternal life. Isn't that great? Let's end with a, a hymn, and um, we'll follow Jeff Rose's lead. The number is 544, there is a redeemer. Thank you for joining us today. We meet at Grove Hill Community Center at 11.30 p.m. in Hemel Hempstead. God bless you.